So Galatians chapter 4, verses 12 through 20, I think a text packed full of pastoral lessons, pastoral insights, and I want to draw our attention, our focus to but one, and it is based on verse 19. Look again with me at what Paul says there. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. And the title for this message, brief sermon, is, is pretty simple. Um, are you running the right race? And so as a minister of the gospel, engaged in ministry, whether it be pastoral ministry, teaching Sunday school, youth ministry, college professor, seminary professor, whatever the case might be, I think a question that uh, is extremely profitable, a question I set before me on a regular basis is, am I running the right race? As a much younger man, a teenager, I used to run the 400 in high school. I can barely make it up a flight of stairs today. But 40 years ago, I used to run the 400, and I think it was the 11th grade. Uh, the coach came to me and said, look, we need someone to run the 800. Whoever was supposed to run it couldn't make it. And I said, sure, how difficult can I be? Uh, I'll just run the 400 twice. And so the gun went, and I ran the 400 as I always run the 400. And you know what happened on that second lap. I started to cough up a lung, and I finished near the end of the pack. Why? I was running the wrong race. Are we running the right race as pastors, as ministers of the gospel? You know, we think especially of pastoral ministry, and I recognize it because I have felt it, and I have wrestled with it on occasion over the years. There are many competing voices as to what we are and what we are supposed to be doing. Uh, many look to us to engage in politics, especially as another election cycle ramps up. Some of our people expect us to be social commentators and waxing eloquent on every trend, everything under the sun. Uh, for some, we are supposed to be cultural warriors. For others, personal trainers. And the list goes on and on and on. And I find what Paul says here in Galatians 4, verse 19, to be particularly helpful, straightening when it comes to maintaining focus and making sure as a minister of the gospel, I am staying on track and I am indeed running the right race. So just briefly, as any good sermon, three points, right? Three very simple points as they emerge, lessons from this text, Paul's example, the first is this, just look at his affection. His affection is right there, the opening statement, the first three words, my little children. His affection, his tender-heartedness. Or as he says in his first epistle to the Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 6, verse 7, he describes how he ministered among them as a nursing mother with her children. Is there any more tender-hearted mental image picture than that? A nursing mother 
with her children. That's how Paul describes his ministry and how I desperately need to be reminded of that because it is far too easy, and I trust I am speaking to the choir, it is far too easy to preach with a clenched fist rather than a broken heart. Yet we are called to preach with tender hearts, with compassion, with affection, Oh, my little children. Second thing I want you to note is the second observation is this, his struggle. My little children, of whom I travail in birth. So other translations, he says something to this effect, that I am again in the anguish, the travail, the anguish, the pain of childbirth. And so again, it's to conjure up a mental image. We are to actually envision a woman given birth, and we are to recognize that that is a struggle. That is, on many levels, an unpleasant experience. There is pain, there is sorrow, there is anguish associated with it. And Paul is acknowledging that his ministry entails on a certain level this kind of struggle. And yet it is significant that he points us to childbirth because the pain, the struggle of childbirth is anticipatory. It's not the end. And so if we are in a hospital and we hear a woman scream, it makes a huge difference if we're in the emergency room or the maternity ward, doesn't it? The cause is very different. The expectation and anticipation extremely different. And yet Paul, nevertheless, he acknowledges that his ministry, it entails, it includes a measure of suffering. And we will shy away from that. I know I will shy away from that by nature. By nature, I love ease. Uh, by nature, I love that which comes easy. By nature, I avoid suffering, conflict, whatever the case may be. And yet for the Apostle Paul, we see that as he evaluates his own ministry, he views suffering as part and parcel with what it means to be a minister of the gospel. It's why he'll say to the Colossians, what? I am filling up his suffering. I am filling up that which is lacking in Christ's suffering. So that's the second observation. The first, his affection. The second, his struggle. And then the third thing I would ask you to notice is this, his purpose. Again, the 19th verse. My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I find that exceedingly helpful just to stay on the straight and narrow, to run the right race, this regular reminder as to what is it all about? What are we doing? What is the end before us? I think Paul sums it up there beautifully, that Christ might be formed in us. He states it in slightly different terms, doesn't he? In Romans chapter 8, that great chain of salvation, those whom God foreknew, he predestined to be what? To be conformed to the likeness of Christ. This is what he, his desire and design for his people is. That Christ might be exalted, exalted as he is formed in us as we are conformed to him. There's the great purpose of pastoral ministry. Whatever else it might include, whatever else might arise, and certainly there are other significant roles and responsibilities, 
But when we just get very narrow in focus and fix our eyes on our calling and what it is God requires of us, what it is God wants of us, this stands to the forefront, doesn't it? That we might see Christ formed in us and in our people. That they might be conformed to his death. Romans 6, verse 3. All who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. We became one with him through faith, knit together with the Holy Spirit, with Christ. And now being one with him, judicially, his death is ours. You know it. I know it. Scripture testifies to it repeatedly that the great calling upon the Christian now is what? It is simply to act like it. We are dead men walking. We have died judicially in Christ Jesus. And now each and every day we are to consider ourselves dead to sin and temptation. We are to be conformed to Christ in his death, dying to lust, dying to gluttony, dying to self-love, dying to pride, dying to all of those besetting sins. And this is the great calling of the minister of the gospel. That as we proclaim God's word, God's word in the hand of God's spirit, that it might indeed have this sanctifying influence upon God's people, conform to his death. Not only conform to his death, but conform to his life, right? Galatians 2.20, earlier in this epistle, Paul proclaims, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And there is conformity to the life of Christ, a life lived in submission to the will of the Father. And Christ who proclaim, could proclaim, I came not to do my own will, but thine. And for us to echo that cry and to see that cry echoed in our people, to live the life of faith fixed upon the Lord Jesus, in submission to God's word and in service to him. Yes, conform to his death, conform to his life, conform to his character, right? And we're to put on the mind of Christ. And we want to see the Lord Jesus, the character of the Lord Jesus in our people. We want to see what Paul will describe later in the epistle, chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit. You might need to help me here. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, meekness, self-control. The Lord Jesus, who was filled with the Spirit and this fruit in his human nature so wonderfully produced by the human spirit, the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit sent into our lives and reproducing in us that fruit which he first produced in our head, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's the end of the gospel ministry. It's not that really that complex when we break it down to its simplest form, is it? It is to see Christ formed in people, conformed to his death, conformed to his life, conformed to his character, and dare I say, conformed to his suffering. That as we turn to Hebrews chapter 12, we read, don't we, that for the joy that was set before him, he despised the shame, he endured the cross. Conform to his suffering that God might lead his people to his love and to the steadfastness of Christ. 
that they might know the same perseverance, the same patience, the same steadfastness as they sojourn in a fallen world, as they anticipate a coming hope that is guarded and kept in heaven for them, and that until that coming day, they might have their eyes fixed upon the reward, their eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and glorify God by preserving in faith like Abraham of hold, believing in hope against hope. Did you get those four? I find that, I have found that so helpful over the years. When I find myself pulled in this direction, as I dread another election cycle coming, as we went through all the nonsense of, nonsense of COVID, as I hear all the competing voices and I read all the books and all the blogs and all the journal articles telling me I'm supposed to be this, I'm supposed to be that, I'm supposed to be doing this, I'm supposed to be doing that. And at times it is just so helpful to break through it all and simply hear Paul say, my little children of whom I travail in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. And really, that's it. It's all I have to do. That kind of affection, tender-heartedness toward God's people. Yes, that kind of recognition that ministry does entail. It does involve sacrifice and self-denial. Sure, but it is anticipatory, a glorious result of fruit. And recognizing the great end of ministry, conformity to Christ, his death, his life, his character, his suffering. And the title for this little sermon was what? Are you running the right race? I trust that encourages you. It encourages me to recognize what it is God has called us to, to recognize he has equipped us by his spirit, to recognize he has entrusted this great treasure deposit to us, and to have my eyes fixed securely on what it is we are seeking to do, seeking to accomplish, and to see Christ exalted and given the preeminence in the lives of his people. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for your word, for its clarity, for its relevance, for its authority, and for its sufficiency. And we thank you for these thoughts from your word. And we do ask that by your spirit you might Direct these truths to the heart of each one gathered here, that indeed they might be for our edification, for our encouragement, and ultimately for your glory among your people. And this we do pray, again, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.